1: it is a dog eat dog world somebody told me that years ago welcome in the beginning of another year of the ben maller show we are in the air everywhere using audio frequency as we go yada 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 coast to coast border to border and beyond on the vast and super abundantly powerful microphones of FSR emanating live. From the break, as we break the huddle, we are broadcasting live from the tire rack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And we are back for the long haul here. Hope Paul is well in your world as we begin anew. Happy New Year. We'll get that out of the way. Hope uh, all is good in your world. And this is one of the few nights in our production meeting. We uh, we have a, a lot of production meetings. when You do a radio show. There's a lot of preparation. People get early and uh, prepare. And there's a lot of work that goes into it. You just don't show up and turn the mics on. That's not how it works. But anyway, our lead... From the Bayou, and in the production meeting, we were talking about how we don't usually talk about college football. The way the show is set up is not conducive to college football conversation. That this is mostly an NFL show. We're not on after the games on Saturday. We come on Sunday night into Monday after the NFL, and the NFL is more important than college football. It's a better product. Uh, college football is just not as good. Uh, And so we talk about the NFL. But this is a night we can settle in and get our inner mojo going on college football. The Bayou, as mentioned, that was the side of the Sugar Bowl. Texas favored against Washington with a date against Michigan. They won the Rose Bowl. More on that later. Beat Alabama in overtime. But Texas was favored against Washington. They had not necessarily a home field advantage, but they had a logistical advantage as uh, Austin, Texas, much closer to New Orleans than Seattle, Washington. And uh, that was what was on the line. So if you didn't watch it, and and maybe not, Michael Penix Jr. had a Joe Burrow type of performance in leading Washington to a six-point win over Texas. Now, the Huskies' defense, not known for being very good. But they did make a last-second stand, last-chance saloon for the Longhorns. And they came up just a wee bit short. But in the end, Michael Penix, Jr., 430 yards passing, just amazing performance, uh, completed almost almost 77% of his passes. Again, it's not a great Texas defense, but still, it's like the, the choke factor, the choking dog factor in a big game like this. Uh, pretty, pretty good for a guy who's a sixth-year quarterback with not one, but two surgically repaired knees. So the second-ranked Huskies at 14-0 and 0 will face the also unbeaten Michigan Wolverines at number one. That'll be coming up next Monday, this coming Monday now, in Houston. Tickets are not available. But Washington trying to get their first national championship. Since way back in the Stone Age of 1991, before social media, people were still watching stuff on VHS tapes in 1991. And the Pac-12 has not had a champion in 20 years, since the SC Trojans got it done in 04. And now the Pac-12, for all intents... Purposes going away. So let us discuss the question. We'll start with the winning side. We'll get to the losing side where the better story is, but we'll start on the winning side. What did you make of Michael Penix Jr. and his performance on the big stage? So I've got Beethoven, Barbershop, and Lottery Ticket. And we will combine all of these things together. All right, all of these things together, and we are going to make Tears of Joy. Uh, Because that's what a lot of people in the Pacific Northwest have. Although they haven't won, they have a chance to win Still, All right, so number one. Number one. Number one. Yeah. Number one. All right, I come down. This was an oil painting. Michael Penix Jr., in many ways, climbing the ladder. Now, everyone's like, well, there's no chance this guy's going to be drafted higher than maybe the second round. The NFL draft big board is already out for the April NFL draft. And it, it would appear, based on the medical charts, the guy's got two surgically repaired knees. He's not a young quarterback. He's he's had six years of college experience that he's pretty much destined to be drafted in the second or the third round at best. But this is the island life. When you're living the island life, things can change. Washington football, even though they are in the national championship game now, they are not the team that is talked about every Saturday morning on the pregame shows. This was the island game, and he put on a show. Penix Jr. had the razzle-dazzle. He was Beethoven uh, composing a symphony in this game. Brilliant performance, and we have seen guys – get drafted higher than they should because of a game on an island. All it takes is some NFL owner to get smitten and say, that's the guy that I want. That's the guy. And Penix Jr., he put on a show. He did a pirouette on the catwalk, and he is pigeonholed to to go in the second, third, or fourth round of the draft. But he averaged 11-plus yards per attempt, did not have an interception, and it was like men versus boys out there uh, most of that game, 130-plus passer rating for Pennix Jr. Uh, you, you can't play better. And now he's got another opportunity it's the big, bad Michigan defense, that physical Michigan defense, although Michigan hasn't faced a top-notch quarterback like Pennix Jr. the way he's played in college in a while, and certainly Alabama's got an offense in the Stone Age more than that later. Now, page two here. On the other side, now Texas had a chance – to have that dramatic moment at the end, if you saw the game late into the night, how do you assess their quarterback, Quinn Ewers, and his effort for the Longhorns? So this was a trip to the barbershop for Texas, right? We're pretty much splitting hairs here because they, they were behind on the stat sheet. They were behind in the game pretty much the entire night. And yet, at the end, they end up just a wee bit short, right? Just a couple hairs short there as yours, had a a chance to become a Texas icon. He could have been that guy that they bring back and they kiss his ass like Vince Young. Maybe they still will, but the final seconds, down by six, given a second chance because of a fluky set of circumstances, the Washington running back got hurt. Otherwise, Texas gets the ball back with like 15 seconds on the clock. But a touchdown and an extra point would have won the game. And they had an extra, extra chance because of uh, the, the clock. They put one extra second on the clock at the end. And Texas unable, and yours unable to take advantage of what was a dreadful pass defense. Now, there are 133 schools ranked by the NCAA stat sheet. 133, what we consider D1, the highest level of college football. The Washington Huskies defense. Was a hundred and twentieth? P U. What stinks? Hundred and twentieth in pass defense. Only thirteen schools in all of the top rung of college football ranked lower. Now, there's all kinds of spin. Oh, it's not that bad, you know. It's it's because they were ahead in games. I mean, all this. Uh, cry me a river. You are what the numbers say you are. Hundred and twentieth in pass defense. And Quinn, yours uh, w- was uh, was unable for long stretches of that game, unable to capitalize. Uh, and and that Texas was behind. Uh, they did run the ball pretty well. In this game, the final numbers looked respectable, but it didn't seem that way while the game was going on. 318 yards passing, Yours ended up with 43 attempts. He averaged almost 7.5 yards per attempt. The passer rating was not that great, but head-to-head, did you outplay the guy that plays your position on the other side of the team? And if everyone outplays, or the majority of your players outplay the other team's players, you're going to win the game, and he did not outplay... Pen X Jr. He was the better quarterback for Washington and head to head advantage to the Huskies. All right, final point. So now you take a wide angle look here. What happens? What happens to Steve Sarkeesian and the Texas Longhorns as they now crank it up a couple of notches with the shifting of the landscape in college football? And everything's going to look totally different next year in terms of the landscape and Texas heading to the Southeastern Conference. It is going to be fascinating. Now, my take, when you think of college football hot takes, you think of me. My take on this is rather simple. The Longhorns are barbecued. They are cooked. I do not expect to hear or see them in a big national championship uh, landscape game uh, for a number of years. Texas will be fading away into the wide blue yonder. Okay, and it, it's the, the whole new era. you got the power, two. It's, it's Big Ten on one side, SEC on the other, and the national championship game will have Big Ten versus Big Ten this year because Washington going to the Big Ten against, against Michigan. But for Steve Sarkeesian, instead of being in the Big 12 where you play some good teams and maybe you play one good team non-conference, you'll be playing upper-crust teams, Roughly 85% of the time. It's a whole, whole different animal than what Big 12 life has been like. And, and, and meanwhile, you're, you're going to have the usual exodus of players with people skedaddling because they want to go to the NFL. Meanwhile, it's, it's also a similar situation to the Washington Huskies and their coach, Kalen DeBoer, who came out of nowhere the last couple of years. And does Kalen DeBoer stay at Washington – They still have to play the national championship game. But if you gave me some funny money and said, can you set the odds on this? I would say it's 60-40. 60% chance he stays, 40% chance he leaves. It's a 400 hitter in baseball. And the reason why, this is his lottery ticket. It's kind of obvious. If you're a lifetime coach, nobody even knew who this guy was a couple years ago, and now he's the coach of the year. He's got his team a win away from the national championship. That is... Show me the money. Yeah, that's a chance to win a massive extension. He's making a lot of money right now. It's not like Washington is not paying him. They're not giving him chump, chump change. So DeBoer's already making a lot of money, but this is the kind of a situation where you are set up, and that Washington team, guys coming back, it, it's going to be a stampede out of Seattle. So you're you're looking at that tougher competition in the Big Big Ten, week in and week out, because the top teams in the Pac-12 went to the Big Ten, and then you've got the top teams already there, Ohio State, Michigan, in the in the Big Ten. So good luck. Good luck. Uh, got to get paid. So if Washington pays him and gives him one of those cartoon checks, he'll stay. If not, I, I would not be shocked at all if he ends up going to another power school in the Southeastern Conference or somewhere else in the Big Ten.
2: To start listening.
1: A little Michigan magic. Welcome in the beginning of another hour of the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere on the river of life as we know. It is a two-way street, coast-to-coast, border-to-border and beyond on the vast and stratospherically powerful microphones of FSR emanating live from the victory the victory formation. We are broadcasting live from the tirerack.com studios. Tirerack.com will help you get there an unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tirerack.com, the way tire buying should be. Headline uh, this hour from Pasadena. And that is where they played the Rose Bowl, a national championship college football playoff game. I assume you were watching 2024 beginning with a matchup of a couple of gold standard college football programs, uh, the legacy college football programs. Now, uh, maybe you had something going on. I don't know. I don't know what you got going on in your world, but a uh, running back for Michigan, Blake Corum, rushing for a 17-yard touchdown on what was the second snap of overtime. Yes, the game went to overtime between Michigan and Alabama and top-seeded Michigan able to advance to their first college football playoff championship game. It'll be in Houston with a 27-20 victory over the four-seed Alabama. The game played at the Rose Bowl there on Monday evening into the night. As Jim Harbaugh's team, 14-0, they will play for the first national title opportunity for that school since 1997, a generation ago. They will play Washington, the Huskies, who won the late game getting a defensive stand themselves. And so coming up on Monday here, January 8th, the winner between Washington and Michigan, a couple of Big Ten teams now. I remember Washington going to the Big Ten and uh, that will be the matchup in the championship game. One of them will be undefeated and the champion of the world. But Michigan able to get it done. They had a fourth quarter comeback. Their offense didn't do anything in the third quarter or most of the fourth quarter. And uh, then a just a mind-boggling finish. The two winningest programs in college football. They didn't mention that on the broadcast at all. Uh, and they play the second overtime game in the 110th edition of the granddaddy of the all. And Alabama, they had a shot. They had a chance to tie the game, needed a touchdown, as Michigan had possession, scored on their first possession of overtime. And their quarterback for Bama, Jalen Milrow, caught a bad snap and ran right in to a wall. Now, I'm told you're only allowed to have 11 players on the field If you saw the end of this game, it looked like Michigan had about 20 guys out there to stop Milrow as he had nowhere to go. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. The tide turned away. So let us discuss the question. Can you explain in a few words how Michigan was able to pull a game out where they looked like in the second half they do anything for most of the second half and they still win the game? So I've got firewood, bedrock, And measuring tape. And we will combine all of these things together, and we are going to make balloons, which is what will be in the rafters at the stadium there in Houston. And the balloons and the confetti will fly down uh, should Michigan win. But even if they lose, they're going to be flying down. So we'll start with this. A, uh, the the beginning of this game was Keystone Cops-like. It was a bootleg copy of Super Duper Football Follies that Chip in the Q's watches on VHS, our buddy Chip and the Cues. It started with J.J. McCarthy, what appeared to be an interception on his first pass, but it was taken back after replay. Then Alabama, they couldn't snap the ball correctly. It looked like the expansion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the snaps going low, it's going high, it's in the air everywhere. Michigan had dominated the stat sheet in the first half. They were the better team in the first half, but they were unable to get any kind of separation. So Alabama was right there. And then the Wolverines offense stuck in the muck in the, the muddy waters there in the second half, and then they get that dramatic drive late in the game, about four minutes to go in the game, something like that, and they had a fourth down conversion. a a big cojones fourth down conversion on a pass play, and then eventually a touchdown to tie the game, and we had the fireworks in overtime. So when historians go back and they write about this particular game, it'll be, oh, man, this was the epitome of a slobber knocker. But in the moment, this game was lacking for long stretches. Now, what it was not lacking was commercials. I happen to love commercials. I am in a commercial industry. Uh, But there are a limit. There there are a limit to the number of commercials you can handle. My God. Uh, In the end, Michigan wins because of the P word, perseverance, a.k.a. defense, defense, defense. Michigan kept chopping the firewood, and eventually they they, they lit the the fire, and Alabama was on fire at the end of that game in overtime. Now, page uh, two here. What happened to the Nick Saban offense Well, it was a malfunction. Even though they had a shot to win the game, they sucked at a time you cannot suck on that possession in overtime. And unlike Nick Saban teams, you'll see them have a stinker, a clunker early in the year. And this year they had a couple of clunkers early in the year, Alabama. They were able to pull out a couple of those. But Nick Saban teams, by the end of the year, They're able to do the fundamentals. They failed at the bedrock of football, the basic, blocking and tackling, struggling to snap the ball. Alabama, 288 total offensive yards. That is a season low, and it's a season low by almost 20 yards. That's how dominant Michigan's defense was and how in shambles the Crimson Tide offense was. And even with the troubles, even with the issues here, they still had a shot. Alabama to win the game in regulation and to tie it in overtime. Defense makes a stop in regulation, they'll win the game. In overtime, offense makes a play, they'll play on to a second overtime. Meanwhile, I don't know if you like me, but probably not. The quarterback for Alabama, Jalen Milrow, one of the big storylines over the weekend, and I was not here, I had a couple of well-earned days away from the, the watchtower here, although we did do the TV show over the weekend. But the the quarterback, Jalen Milrow, uh, he had said in the lead-up to the Rose Bowl, it was a big talking point, big headlines all over social media, that he got the last laugh over the Patriots offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien. O'Brien had been at Alabama. O'Brien apparently wanted Milrow to switch positions with the Crimson Tide. And so Milrow did a victory lap. He took a bow prior to the Rose Bowl. He certainly talked the talk. In the game, here's the problem. He didn't walk the walk, and I don't think I'm being a douche pointing that out, right? That was not a good game by the Alabama quarterback. Bill O'Brien actually ended up looking pretty, pretty good because of the way Milro played against Michigan. He was averaging five yards per pass attempt. You'd say he, he was more effective running the ball. He averaged three yards per carry. He had a couple of big runs. He did run the ball well at times, but a passer rating of 81 And the quarterback's main job is to matriculate the ball down the field, throwing the ball. He was a flop in that department. So he took a bow. He did a little pirouette on the catwalk there. Milrow talked about how great he was, and he proved Bill O'Brien wrong. But in the biggest game of his life, he went out there and rode the Vomit Comet for Alabama. And there's no other way to say it. They still had a chance to win the game. As bad as he was, they still had a shot. They had a decent quarterback play. They win the game. Hits and butts were candy nuts. All right, last word. The big storyline for Michigan the rumors of Jim Harbaugh leaving for the NFL. seems like a fait accompli here that he's gone, and he's going to have to obviously wait to the championship game on Monday, and then Harbaugh will exit stage left. The Michigan athletic director, Ward Manuel. I believe that's his name. His name's Ward. I know that. Anyway, uh, he was asked about Harbaugh's contract extension. He said, quote, I'm working on it, is what he said. Now, when Harbaugh was asked point-blank about the Michigan job in the future of staying there, going to the NFL after the Rose Bowl. Uh, he said, happy flight back to Ann Arbor, is what Harbaugh said. So that's a non-answer answer. So I asked the question to the assembled electorate. The question is, does this win by the maize and blue increase or decrease Jim Harbaugh leaving The Wolverines does this victory over Alabama increase or decrease Jim Harbaugh leaving for the Wolverines. So I have this as a zero sum game. It makes for a better Hollywood story. If Michigan wins and then Jim Harbaugh runs off into the sunset, but it doesn't matter, right? If you look at the measuring tape, Jim Harbaugh continues to inch towards the NFL. It's been this way for a couple of years and I don't see any reason to think that it's going to be different. And he talked to the Vikings. He thought he was going to get the Viking job a couple years ago. How do I know that? Because he went to Minnesota on a flight on National Signing Day. That tells me that Harbaugh thought he was going to get the Viking job. Didn't get it. Last year, he was all hot and horny for the Bronco job. Didn't work out. Now, he's hired this NFL heavy agent amid buzz that the Chargers are... Interested, uh, along with others. Chicago Bears have been mentioned, if they do indeed make a coaching change. And with the NCAA breathing down his neck, there's like a fire-breathing dragon. Just like that. Uh, The national title would be wonderful. It would be an extra piece of cake with lots lots of nice icing on it, and not the crappy kind of icing, the fondant, the good kind of icing. But Michigan... Much like we talked about Washington and what's going to happen to Washington in their game and what happens when they're done and there's going to be just a mass exodus of guys either to the NFL or to get a real job, Michigan's going to also have their own exit stage right, stage left, wherever, trap door opens up for the NFL draft. And you say, well, they'll just reload, and that's probably true. But Harbaugh, he doesn't have to worry about the NCAA if he's coaching the Raiders or the Chargers or the Bears. And he can exit before Big Ten expansion, which makes it more difficult on everybody. So the idea that Harbaugh is more likely to stay if Michigan ends up losing, I don't buy that. Or winning, I don't think. It's, I think he's, the decision's already been made. Is what I'm trying to say. He's already made his mind up. He wants to go to the NFL. And it's just a matter of which city he goes to and which team he goes to coach.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine.
1: All happening in only one place. This league uncut. The new NBA podcast with me chris haynes and me mark stein join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering hearing and chasing
3: listen to this league uncut with chris haynes and mark stein on the iHeartRadio app
1: apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast
3: this is it we've got an
1: amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge
3: love Selena. Like
2: really love.
5: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the queen of Tejano.
2: And stan we do over 3 whole episodes of our podcast Becoming an Icon.
5: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number 1 podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
2: To start listening,
1: warm up the band. Here we go! It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled, and uh, keep the coup de
2: so, Ben, uh, Florida State University got blown out in their
1: Orange Bowl oh, they game. They just get blown out, Coop. No, no. They were blown to smithereens. There was nothing left. <laughs> there was no DNA evidence left of Florida State. Yeah, it
2: was pretty bad. Uh, many people said that it proved that they didn't belong in the college football playoffs, while others just accused them of quitting because they didn't get in. Which side are you on?
1: Yeah, so I'm in the, they're a bunch of quitters, and that's the reality for the Seminoles, uh, because uh, that's just what happened. Florida State did not get invited to the big party and I saw some of the comments coming from the Seminoles after Alabama lost and they were like, well, it's a different Alabama didn't earn it, they were given the spot that Florida State deserved but Florida State showed so little uh, competitiveness Right, they tossed in the sponge. They had the, the starters weren't playing. The backups, a lot of the backups weren't even playing. They tanked the bowl game with Georgia. It, it's like the Seminoles had tryouts. Hey, you want to play in a bowl game? We'll give you a uniform. Uh, come down the campus. We'll put you put you in a uniform. It's insane. Uh, how bad that that effort was. and uh, But it was a case so they just quit. The guys were like, well, we're not playing for the national championship game. Uh, we're not showing up. And they didn't. And that's fine. But, you know, call it what it is. Next. So the Rams clinched a playoff
2: spot on Sunday with a win over the Giants. That's but right,
1: because you can ram it all day and you can ram it all night, Coop. To me, I watched the game. and Yeah, congratulations. Uh, the win actually felt more like a loss. Uh, ben, are you worried about the Rams? Well, the sweetest kind of victory, number one, Coop, is the game you think you should lose, but you win anyway. And I will admit, the game was a clunker, the Giants are a bad team, but good teams win ugly games, and the Rams found a way. Kyron Williams, Mr. Smooth on the ground, a bunch of touchdowns. The Rams this year were supposed to win five or six games. If you look at all the projections, they were a five- or six-win team. They ran all the way to the playoffs. Sean McVay, one of the great coaching jobs that Sean McVay has done here with a supposedly weak roster. So uh, not worried at all. I'm not worried at all. I'm not concerned. They won. And uh, now they, they have another week here before they're already in the playoffs. And we'll see what happens when the playoffs begin to likely play the Lions. Next.
2: So the consensus on social media is that Lamar Jackson has wrapped up another MVP award with the Ravens blowout win over the Dolphins. Ben, is the race over?
1: Well, it's not over, but... It's The public perception is, hey, it's already over. Lamar Jackson, I will say he's in the pole position. Perception is reality, and the perception is Lamar Jackson's clearly the MVP because of the game he had against the 49ers, and he followed it up with another masterpiece. He was very quarterback-y, as uh, uh, our friends like to say. But but uh, but listen, uh, it, it, there's, there's huge peer pressure for him to win another MVP award, and I get all that, but Lamar, here's the problem. Lamar does not have traditional MVP numbers. And if it's just based on the numbers, Jackson has 24 passing touchdowns, which is, that's the main argument against him winning the MVP. He's currently tied for the 10th most passing touchdowns in the NFL. And so do you give an MVP to a guy who's you know, who's kind of middling in that particular department, which is kind of an important department, uh, but uh, that said, I believe he will end up winning the MVP. There it is, Mallard to the third degree. As we begin a brand spanking new year, how did we do? You passed this edition. That is a win. You can put it on the board. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Thank you very much. I'm undefeated this year.
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: So I think we have our contestants ready to go. Okay, very good. Uh, well, why don't we introduce them? We don't need to play the Open and all that. We'll just introduce them. We'll say hello to uh, Mario, who's a Michigan man. Hello, Mario. Happy New Year, Mr. Happy Pal. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year,
6: guys. All go right,
1: Mario. Blue. Go Blue. You're you're all fired up. You're the amazing blue. You're all fired up. All right. Yes. Uh, M- Mario, you're going to play yeah. our game. Bad. Who would you like to partner up with, Mario? You got me, Ben. You got Eddie or Koopaloo. The
6: goat of radio, Ben Maller.
1: That's right. Take that, Eddie. I'm the goat. I've got flies flying around and a lot of slobber. I'm the goat. (laughs) All right. Uh, Hold on, Mario. I uh, I remember when I was a kid, I would go to the petting zoo, and I'd see the goats, and they always had flies. They smelled. There was slobber all over their mouth. And now everyone wants to be the goat. All right. Uh, Mario, you're going to team up with me. We've got Frank in Lost Wages, Nevada. Hello, Frank.
6: Hey, uh, good evening and happy new year. Frank here in Las Vegas by way of Cleveland, Ohio, not Michigan, Ohio.
1: Oh, okay, so this is Ohio-Michigan rivalry as yeah. you're going to be going against Mario, representing the entire state of Michigan. And even though you're in Vegas because you're a degenerate gambler, you are representing all of Ohio,
6: correct? I am uh, correct. I, I would also like uh, to place an order for a large Steamboat Willie
1: P. Okay, we'll, we'll make that. Would you like a side of fries? How about some uh, some? Uh, what do we have here? Che- uh, cheese logs. You want a cheese log? Uh, In and Out
6: Burger fries. I love that. Uh,
1: animal style. Do You like animal style?
6: Very yeah, not really. I like I like I like the old school. Just little salt, okay. light salt.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, very good. We'll make that happen. And Frank, who would you like to partner up with? Uh, I'm already taken, but going Eddie's coop. going coop. all right. Coopaloop. loop. That's the matchup. What are the categories here? It's the Kate Bosworth edition. I am told turns 41 this week. Who?
2: Uh, that is correct. Uh, today is her birthday. She turns oh, 41 birthday. years old. Uh, the categories are blue, blue crush, Superman returns, oh. movie 43 and
1: freaks of nature. Mario, you were what? on first, so please pick one of those categories.
6: We'll go with uh, Superman Returns because Ben Maler's back on the
1: ring. Look at that, boy! That's some major sucking up. All right, what what about our friend from Ohio? Not that I'm against it, Frank. Uh, please pick a category, Frank. I'll
6: go with I'll go with uh, Freaks of Nature.
1: Freaks of Nature. All right, everyone knows their place. We're going to pause for the cause. We've got some bills to pay. Don't hang up. You guys are, are going to be on the show for the rest of the hour. For the rest of the hour, we are going to have, in its entirety, Maller's Mountain of Money, and we'll get to it
3: right after. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. Yes. Now, <laughs> Maller's Mountain of Money.
0: Good Lord, that's
3: a lot of money. Do you have what it takes to get to the top? Probably not
1: and away we go time now to play a fresh edition of myler's mountain of money the kate bosworth edition we've got mario he's a michigan man and he has teamed up with me he's all giddy because the wolverines are a win away from the championship and frank is in vegas but his heart is in ohio and frank will be teamed up with the Coupe de Loop. Let's get the party started here. In the first category, uh, we are up, Mario. You pick Superman Returns. And so these athletes are they all unretired. All these athletes unretired. Are you ready, Mario? Yes, sir. All right. We'll put 45 seconds on the clock, and you're on your way. And uh, go. Uh, known as the greatest quarterback in NFL history for the Patriots and the Bucks.
3: Tom Brady.
1: Yes, uh, L- the Lakers star had HIV. Retired Magic Lincoln.
6: Johnson.
1: Yes, uh, tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. He went to Monday Night Gates Football. Yes, uh, he sucked at that. Uh, greatest catcher of all time for the Yankees in the 1950s. He's a quote machine. Uh, yes, uh, quarterback for the Eagles in the 1980s at a UNLV. Great running quarterback. Randall Cunningham. Yes. uh, Hall of Fame second baseman for the Cubs in the 1980s. Brian Sandberg. Yes. uh, Quarterback. He he was replaced by Joe Montana with the Niners. He played until it was. It was Mm. late. No, no. Not Steve. Uh, It it was Steve DeBerg. Steve DeBerg. Still very good. Uh, 240 points. All right. That's good. We're in good shape. That's all right. We're in good shape. Go ahead. What's uh? You're up, Coop. You got what do you got? Freaks of nature.
2: Yes. All right, Frank. We've got freaks of nature. Uh, these athletes are or were physical specimens. Uh, 45 seconds on the clock. Let's begin. Uh, the king for the Lakers.
6: The king for the Lakers. Uh, Jabbar.
2: No, he's currently on the Lakers. He was on the <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, James. LeBron. Yes. James, sorry. Yes. Uh, Megatron for the Lions.
6: Oh shit, Calvin Williams. Oh, you, can't <laughs> you can't say, say that.
2: that. Uh, but no, that's not his last name.
1: Uh, oh shit. Calvin- oh. oh you can't die, man. Cool. what are we doing here? Your guy's got a potty Stop mouth. Stop saying uh, that word. You can't say that word.
6: Alright,
2: sorry. Throw him another question. All right, the uh the running <laughs> back for the Raiders, he was also on the Kansas City um uh oh my god, Royals uh Bo Jackson. Yes. Uh this guy
1: oh. uh, Well, you're they're you only 200 fun. points behind. Uh, that was 40 wow. points. Well, hey, did... Will
6: we'll clean my clock at
1: round. Uh Calvin yeah. Johnson. I'd like to wash your, get... yeah, water, wash your mouth out with soap and water, Frank. We're going to wash your mouth out with soap and water. Sorry care. about that. Go again. Go yes, again. Yes, Calvin Johnson.
2: All right. So, uh Frank, we have either Blue Crush or Movie 43. Let's go uh, movie 43
3: Okay. Pretty much got to run the table here,
2: Coop Alright, yeah. these athletes no are chance. all currently 43 years old 45 seconds on the clock, let's begin Former quarterback for the Cowboys, he now is an announcer for CBS
6: I see his face and uh blind haired guy and I'm sick right now I Can't think of this knucklehead's name
2: Not Troy Aikman, the guy, the other one
6: Oh, uh, he went to Eastern Illinois, and I can see his face, can't think his name.
2: Seeing the faces doesn't really uh, matter. Giant uh, Chinese center, yeah. played for the Rockets.
6: Yao Ming. Yes. I
2: got that one. Uh, this guy was a center from Spain. He played with Kobe Bryant. Oh,
6: man. hurting. I'm hurting for this one. Next question.
2: All right. Uh, defensive end for the Carolina Panthers. His last name is a Spicy Vegetable. Wow.
1: Oh, no shot. <laughs> oh, okay. Boy, that was some bad work there. Uh, Tony Romo. Tony yeah. Romo. Paul yeah. Gasol. Yeah. Julius Peppers. You thought Tony Romo had blonde hair, apparently. No. Yeah. Yeah. I should've think he got was Tony
6: Romo. Yeah. No, should have got Romo. I was thinking of Akeman, and then, then he gave me the other
1: clue. Well, you actually did lose anyway, but you, you cursed twice. But that's fine. Um, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll keep going. Uh, Mario, would you like to run up the score here, Mario? Sir... Sure. Okay. Uh, the... that, was fun. that was
6: almost as fun as watching Michigan beat Ohio State
1: <laughs> the last three years. <laughs> yes. A cheesy overnight game show as fun as Michigan. Uh, oh winning. God, All right, anyway, God. let's let's play the game again. One more, one more category. Blue, Blue Crush is the category. Okay. And these athletes enjoy surfing. Okay. Uh, 45 seconds on the clock. You're on your way. And go. Uh, greatest quarterback in New Orleans Saints history. Too brief. Yes. Uh, running back for the Miami Dolphins led the NFL, leads the NFL in touchdowns this season, although he's hurt. Uh,
6: Mostert?
1: Yeah, what's his first name? He played for the 49ers. All right. No. At least he didn't say a bad word. I know. A uh, star for the Clippers in the uh, Lob City days, power forward hammered Dunks from Oklahoma, was the number one pick. No? No.
6: Oh, I see a space, but I know I'm sure you. I'm sure you do. Uh,
1: a gi- giant Cy Young winner. He signed. Uh, he was with the Oakland A's. Signed a big free agent contract. Yes, oh, you, got you got that got one 100. right. All right, well that's good. We got the hundred. You yeah, added 100 up point. extra points I, I, there. I
6: really, I knew who that guy was. I just wanted to say I saw his face, but
1: I got to. <laughs> he just wanted to bust the balls of the guy. <laughs> well from played. Well played. Raheem Mostert, by the way, Raheem Mostert. Yeah, Raheem, I, I said Rashad. I'm sorry. Well, another win for Michigan, another loss for Ohio. uh, Mario, you get the win. Congratulations. And that means you get a golden ticket. You get a golden ticket. You get a golden ticket. ticket. We actually talked about the origin story of the golden ticket on the Fifth Hour Podcast. I think that came up in the mailbag over the weekend. But thank you, Mario. Good job by you. So that means uh, if you're new to the show, we're on some new radio stations. We welcome you. Hopefully... You give the show a little bit of time. You'll probably hate it right now, but you'll hate it even more in a couple of weeks. But you'll be listening, and you'll be part of your routine. Uh, but anyway, the way this works, the golden ticket, we, we have a regular group of calls. But if you win one of our games, now not every game is eligible. You get a golden ticket. It's amazing.